I'm trying to figure out what these birds in the first stage of Rondo of Blood are actually doing. Like, what what is their priority for God's sake, right? It seems to be like proximity based. Then they will start to activate and hover. Yeah, they will activate and hover with no discernible end to it. Like, basically, I'm I'm not a scrub at Castlevania. I'm not no castle scrubbia. Uh, oh my! Oh, there! I just fell through the floor because I went the wrong way. Um, I'm not a scrub at it. of Insert Credit, the relentlessly paced talk show where our panel of extreme video game fetishists must reach a consensus on every topic introduced within six minutes, or their recompense shall be the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and a video game song I often catch myself singing is the Dire Dire Docks theme from Super Mario 64. Oh, well, okay, so I'm, I'm Tim Rogers, and you're asking the god darn wrong question, because uh, I've got a lot of them. So... I don't understand how one is supposed to present just one. However, every time I enter a public bathroom, in my head resounds the cave music from The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. The doom, 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 that music. Every time I enter a public resto, every single time. That's great. It's my public restroom song, and I don't know why. I've got a bunch of these. Oh, I'm Brandon Sheffield. It's really hard to choose one. Um, I, I don't know that I can. I, I wind up doing a lot of those, you know, like when you sing the actions that you're doing, like you're, you're boiling some water or something, and then you wind up singing it to a, a popular tune. Sure. Um, that definitely happens a lot. But um, I think that there's a variety of sonic themes that show up in the brain. But let's just say Green Hill Zone is 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 definitely in there. That's one. Them hills. Okay. Uh, joining us asynchronously is Frank Zafaldi, currently setting up for a Game History Foundation charity drive. He'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show. Frank Zafaldi on location. Tim, you have first question after winning last week's episode, but we'll save it for closer to the end, as is your want. Let's jump right into my first prepared question. What dead video game genre is the least likely to ever make a comeback? Ooh, dead video game genre. What's dead? Music, toy games are dead. Dance. I guess all the peripheral games are dead, right? Are those going to make a comeback? I feel like, feel like they will. I think that... You know, that, that sort of 15-year nostalgia rule is probably going to kick in for Rock Band uh, pretty soon. So that's not dead forever. Um, I'm going to go Maze Games. I think Maze Games are done. I think that uh, that Maze Games had their heyday in the 80s, and I don't see people doing them Pac-Man clones in this day and age anymore, though I could be very wrong about that, considering that those indies uh, kind of do everything these days. Man, I don't think anything... If we're talking about completely dead as in literally nobody makes them i don't think that anything's uh gonna be dead anymore because people are inspired by all kinds of weird garbage and and games are easy to make now but if we're talking about commercially dead then i think score attack arcadey games are probably going to continue to decline because those are mostly based on an old way of playing and i'm not going to make the call that dance and music games are 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 dead i think they're going to come back Point and click adventure games. I don't want to say that those aren't gonna aren't coming back because aren't they sort of coming back yeah. with stuff like Until Dawn? I mean, is is anything right? actually gone? It's hard to 
hard for me to say. I mean, I guess like the the raising sim, that's kind of not a genre that's out there, I guess, as much anymore. But um, the princess makers, yeah, the princess makers. But God, I just played like two full loops of princess maker the other day. I like in case those anybody wanted sims. to know that. Yeah, I like those. They're all right. There's one called Tactical Fighter that I was playing for a while last uh, earlier this year, last year. Hard to say which one's which. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. Which yeah. princess maker is your favorite princess maker? Um, Probably two. Yeah, two is the one that people like to people go to that one, don't they? Yeah, but I think it's probably because two is the first one that had something of a translation. So that's the one that I played first. So it sort of sticks in my sticks in my brain box that uh that princess maker reload or whatever it's called that's on steam that's got the yeah the the high definition graphics i guess technically uh i so that's the one that i played through the other day and uh it's pretty good i i i prefer the character of the old pixel graphics uh however however it's uh once you get into it it's it's good enough is a strand game is that a dead genre or are we gonna see a lot more of those oh man the strand game dead on arrival (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a death genre, not a dead genre. Oh. The rising genre might be dead. Rising, raising, the Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Or the island genre. I would really have a hard time pointing to a dead genre. I mean, theoretically, the maze genre is dead, like Pac-Man style, but there's still people putting out like Rainbow Islands likes and things like that. I feel like maybe genres should be allowed to die. Maybe that's what it is. Like, I don't, I don't think anything has died Every, there's always somebody who's like, oh, man, what if there was one of these? Well, if we say that, like, for example, Castlevania Rondo of Blood uh, is a different genre from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which, yeah. which we, we could say it is, right? Um, we could, but then we could also mm-hmm. say that those um, bloodstained, those tiny bloodstained games are basically in that genre. That is true. Oh, so I was going to say, is the uh, is the non-Metroidvania dead? Uh, is that a de- like? Is that a dead genre? The non-Metroidvania Vania, right. Castlevania. Yeah, I guess. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's that's the word, huh? A Dracula, yeah. Dracuvania, a, yeah. a Dracuvania. There's a lot of indie ones too that are um, in in that kind of space. I would say. So yeah, no no dead genres. That's my vote. I think there aren't any. NDGs. I don't think there's. But uh, if if there is a dead genre, it's those point and click adventure games. Yeah. All right. Which is uh, dead, and it hasn't been innovated at all in a long time. I and, would say. and it's basically as long as I've been thinking critically about video games, people have been saying that the point and click genre is dead. And then there was that double fine adventure. Did that bring it back? No. Thimbleweed Park also came out. Oh, yeah. Did that bring it back? I don't think so. I think it was reveling in being dead, right? Next question. If there were an international video game conference where only one company could represent each country, which would be present? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay um i'm sure brandon and tim had some good stuff especially because they pay way more attention to international development than i do so let's just start with the us of a it's an international conference and let me make sure i have this question straight jaffe they, they are representing the rest of the country okay oh okay it's gonna have to be i mean there's not a lot that ties American game development together. And every time I try to think of a bigger company like an Activision or an EA, I don't feel that their portfolio uh, is spread very much. I feel like they're, they're kind of, they've kind of found their niche. I think it's going to have to be, it's, you know what, it's going to be a publisher 
that exploits developers or at least you know mostly uses external dev- you know what no I'm, I'm not gonna i'm gonna go microsoft i'm gonna go straight up microsoft because they're buying all these developers and they are attempting to spread thin a little bit though uh they kind of gave up on the phone thing i guess okay that's america where are we japan japan japan's uh from software uh and uk is codemasters there we go oh man oh so are we doing like the united nations of video game yeah sort of and we have one like are we are we trying to name every country in the world and then a video game company to represent them uh as much as you can in four minutes okay. well cd project red would be poland unfortunately i would like to put up someone else but it would be probably cd project red. i mean not only would they be the un of video games i feel like they could also kind of at, at the point where they're at like gdp wise or whatever the word is i'm no economist uh, they would they would also represent Poland kind of on just sort of a non video game level in terms of just economic footprint period. Right, they right? Would represent Poland itself. Yeah, I'd like to put Techland in there, but I know it's got to be CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red is pretty legit uh, in terms of size. Japan and, would probably uh, beat Nintendo. You know, there would be there would be a wild fanboy speculation. Many many people would presume that they have a horse and that it was in that race. <laughs> yeah. If uh, the old presumed horse, and uh, some people would want that to be Sony. So it should be somebody intermediate, like Sega, is who it should be. It should be Sega, but I think it would be Nintendo because I mean, Nintendo feels like the UN of video games to me. They're they're like just generic enough, but just spiky enough and well known enough. You know, I don't I don't think Nintendo's Japanese enough. Hmm. But they got those Hanafuda cards. Well, that's true. Do they still make those? They do. <laughs> what what percentage of their uh... Of their their yearly uh point zero 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 zero. I'm looking this up zero. on Wikipedia, and they get forty seven percent of their revenue from uh, Hanafuda cards. Still, oh, nice. we've got our we got our Wikipedia lie of the day uh, accomplished. This week's Wikipedia lie is brought to you by Alex Jaffe. Yes, that was a good a good one. Okay, so who else we got? We got France, Ubisoft. It's got to be Blue Ubisoft. Ubisoft. No, Ubisoft would be Canada. I know they're from France. Let's face it, they're they're more Canadian. I guess, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I feel like Canada would have this whole thing about whether they should be represented by Montreal or not. And uh, Oh, yeah, by Montreal or Toronto? Yeah, and um, if Ubisoft is Canada, who's France? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, Infogrames? They're gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know if uh, France has anything left. Well, we got to do this one again. I'll just say Frank said Microsoft for the U.S. because they buy every other game company in the U.S. I guess that's fair. Too much big money. All right. We'll come back to this one another time. Yes, a good question. Next question. How are status effects best used outside of traditional RPGs? Outside of traditional? Okay. Um, uh, well, like, what's an example? Um, an example is, I don't know, getting drunk in Grand Theft Auto and everything gets okay, all blurry. Okay, I like that. Okay. I'll tell you what's never good is status effects that make you walk backwards no one's ever liked that oh that's the worst yeah no one wants that um so let's strike that one from the canon let's shoot that one from the canon while we're at it actually i mean you mentioned the drunk ones and maybe i'm just stuck because you said it but those are usually at least in grand theft auto and like red dead redemption 2 which i'm sure tim's gonna bring up it's uh, usually pretty funny um though it is just a lesser walking backwards i suppose i mean my favorites and i don't know if this counts as traditional rpg but my favorites are when for example in a fallout game your intelligence affects your dialogue 
Oh, that's good. Yes. I don't know that that's ever been used outside of a traditional RPG, unless by traditional you mean JRPG, which Fallout is not, in which case that's my answer. Good answer. One I don't like is uh, when there's a confusion stat in a video game that just causes my controls to be reversed. Yeah, that's not fun. Those are not fun. Where right is left and left is right. I don't enjoy those even when they're uh, not intended as confusion controls. Like, for example, in the tactics RPG La Pucelle, um, hitting up on your D-pad goes up left, not up right. Oh, yeah. I'm all like, it's got to be up right or else my brain cannot function. And so if you flip the controls around for me, it's not so not so hot. I'm, there's no coming back for me on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Status effects, I think they can be interesting in a game where there's like, uh, you ever play one of those like zombie simulator survival thing games where there's like talk about your dead genres there's there's some humans and some <laughs> and some zombies this was popular for a little while in the desktop games era where it, it was just like a big simulation with a bunch of little tiny particles representing zombies and things and then you could infect a whole group of people or save a whole group of people all at once zombie town something stuff like, like that. that yeah Watching stuff like that propagate throughout a system is pretty interesting. I like that. One I really don't like. I just got to keep going with stuff I don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like uh, when there's like a dark area in a video game and it's to simulate the human eyes not being able to see in the dark. As a person with an eyeball problem, generally, I don't like being made fun of. It just kind of feels like I'm being made fun of. So I feel like status effects are a tricky, a tricky rope to walk, a tight rope. Certainly. I wonder if Frank would have said uh, big head mode. As his favorite status effect. Oh, the big head status in Final Fantasy is uh, pretty legendary. Right. That's not true. <laughs> well, it's a status effect. It changes things, I guess. Well, is it a mode? I don't it's know. It's a I, mode, not a status effect. I'm going to call it a status effect. You don't get something that gives you a big head in those Yeah, games. you do. In real life, you do. That's right. Compliments. Like you can get a really weird swollen head. All right. We're not talking about elephantiasis. Oh, wait. Invincibility in Sonic is kind of fun because it allows you to explore different areas that otherwise you wouldn't be able to, like walk on spikes and stuff. So that's a status effect. I guess. The positive one. I feel like status effects are interesting in a sort of a board gamey sense uh, in, in a game that is uh, an RPG. And then when you when you have an action game where it's about actively controlling and enjoying a character and enjoying their physicality in the world of the video game, it's just, uh, it feels like you've had something taken from you, you know? Right. I mean, for me, is you know what a status effect is in like Super Metroid? It's uh, it's starting the game over after you just beat it, and now your your character doesn't have any of the good stuff. You don't have any of the powerful weapons. You don't have the double jump. You don't have the high jump. You don't have the screw attack. You don't have the freeze beam. You don't have the barrier suit. You don't have the gravity suit. You don't have any of that stuff. That feels like a status. It feels like each new thing added is building you. It feels like you're earning a power the first time you play one of those games. And then ultimately, it just feels like you've had it taken away. Like you've built yourself up to normal. So that's why I don't think statuses work in action games. Well, Black Friday is around the corner, which yes. means it's time for a theme sale. Oh, uh, yeah. So oh, you, get to, you get to guess how these games are related all on in your own. In two minutes. All right. In two minutes. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, your five games are Pokemon Red Version, Zool. <laughs> Chess Titans. Chess Titans? Yes, for Windows 7 and 8. Okay. 1992's Clue and Picture Puzzle by Hal Laboratory. Good God. Okay. Um, Clue, the 1992 version of Clue. I'm kind of stuck on that. 
Um, that seems like a that seems like a clue within clue. It's a clue, clue. It's a clue, clue. Um, let's see. It's a it's console version, Genesis and Super Nintendo. Uh yes. Oh, okay. That's not much there, is there? No. Okay. Sculptured software. Sculpture definitely didn't develop Pokemon Red. Um, Zool is that terrible lollipop guy. Yeah, that Chupa Chups game. Got it. Uh, your puzzle. Um, Chess Titans. Yeah, it came with Windows 7 and 8. Uh, sure, it did. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's uh, It doesn't even have its own Moby Games entry. Pokemon Red. Zool. Chess Titans. Clue. Yeah. Let's see. Clue. I'm just, I feel like clues clues the key here. Looking at screenshots, looking at weapons, uh, candlestick. Ooh, okay. Zool. Okay. How much time do I have? 50 seconds. Okay. Picture puzzle. Picture puzzle. I will tell you that the uniting factor is not necessarily anything that is in the game itself. Interesting. Okay. It's about how they are played. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I got nothing here. I'm not sure why this segment got themed around a sale. But uh, that's just part of the mythology now. I'm dropping the names here. Frank did this already. And uh, do, we, do we get to get his clues? Uh, yeah, you do get to get his clues. Nice. Oh, give me them right. clues. The clues that make me lose. <laughs> yeah. And the clue I gave Frank is that the uniting factor is not necessarily anything in the game. It's more about how the games have been played. How they have been played? Oh, are these all games that you can do total takeovers over? Sounds like a hint uh, that is a little too big, though. Let's find out. Can they all be played tool assisted or uh, played by a machine? That's not the factor. Okay, well, Jeffy, what about my one about them being having total takeover um, method? I do not know what you're talking about. TTO. It's it's like when you use tool assisted speed run type stuff to run new code in a game and make it do things that oh you want yeah i've to. seen that uh that's very cool but no that's not it okay because uh, i know you can do that in pokemon and i would have and it might be possible in picture puzzles Heck, so i just want to clarify because i'm looking over the list here and I'm, I'm brainstorming i'm looking over the list what now by zool do you mean zool or do you mean zoop which has a very similar name <laughs> i mean the chupa chups game do you mean are you abbreviating zoology the discipline of science <laughs> or are you just uh or is that actually the name of the game yeah that's that's, the, that's, that's, the that's all i've got the mascot platformer type game yeah i know zool i know I he's a ninja he's a space ninja that guy yeah there is no dana if anybody wants to know the first uh the first autocomplete suggestion when you type z-o-o-l into google is zoolander film series and nice. uh, a little picture of uh ben stiller's face comes up I guess Pokemon Red version would be a specific hint because it's not blue. Uh, oh, right. yeah. Here, here's a question. Does blue not fall into this category? Not yeah, as far if, as I know, but I know Red does. Yeah. If you were a cop, you would have to tell us that Pokemon yeah. Blue is also, in, <laughs> right. is also included. Right. Sure. God, I wish Wikipedia had a dark mode. Lord, <laughs> get on the get on the darn insert credit 2002 train. Yeah. Lordy, so bright. I got my tinted glasses coming in soon, by the way. I'm going to wear tinted glasses at home. So I don't Just, know what Chess Titans is. Uh, I'm it's look, I'm a version at it of right chess now. that came with Windows 7 and 8. Huh. I mean, okay. Doesn't uh, doesn't look very good. I mean, no, it just looks quality like chess, is not an aspect here. I see. Um, I feel like this space in the show could be better used for just a more generic. 
generic <laughs> 20 questions uh, episode or whatever. It's uh, There's a lot of us casting around in the dark. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I love this it. is a, a status effect that is not exactly too much fun. <laughs> Because uh, you know, because you know that people at home are just. Uh, what is it like to listen to this? It's one of our more popular segments. <laughs> Pokemon Red, whom. Zool, Chess Titans, Clue, Picture Puzzle by How Laboratory. Yeah, the games it- that can be played with one hand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can play Zool with one hand. Uh, you probably. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can play Zool with zero hands. If you know what I mean, I'm talking about. <laughs> don't play it. Hey, I played Zool. Yeah, me too. I played it on the Jaguar. I'm going to tell you, I know a lot about Zool, and you know why? Why? Because it was made by Gremlin Graphics. I'm a big fan of Gremlin Graphics, because they're in Sheffield, mate, which is where Sum- they're, they are now Sumo Digital. Yeah, that's a right. developer that I own. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oi, oi. Uh, Gov? Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you want to speak as though you're from Sheffield, you have to speak with the Sean Bean accent. So. Oh, Sean Bean? Yeah. Sean <laughs> Bean. Sean Bond. Okay, is that's it? time. Is uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I guess can you give win. us till the end of the show to reveal the answer? Oh, man, but I want to let tell me, you now. Uh, you just, I mean, I'm not going to get it. Just let me stew on it. All right. I'll let you stew on it until the until right before the lightning round, because I don't want you thinking about it during the lightning the round. The extra 20 minutes or so of stewage is pretty good with raw stewage. All right. <laughs> raw stewage. Okay. Here is our next question. This is our Patreon question. From Ross Hamrick. If you have a Patreon question, you can only do it by being part of our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash insert credit and subscribe at any level. You get the opportunity to send questions into us. Get episodes one day early. One day early. One day early. And you get periodical access to exclusive bonus content like bonus episodes and lists that we make sometimes. It's good stuff. Ross Hamrick asks. We all know Frank loves periodicals. Yeah. His favorite thing. He asks, how do you think video game nostalgia of the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch era will manifest in a decade from now? How will it manifest in a decade from now? Um, yeah. I'd like to think that a decade from now, a good amount of those titles will just be available. I have more faith in that as years goes on, um, partially because we're not seeing as many licensed games anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that publishers and Hardware makers are probably thinking about that with their contracts now. I think they're thinking a lot more long term than they used to. I think nostalgia is going to be a lot different because there's not going to be an excuse for it. People are just going to be able to have been able to get that stuff no matter what for the past 10 years. And I don't, and I think nostalgia is based mostly on at least the idea that you can't get something, although you can get whatever you want. I got all the ROMs on my computer, man. So it's hard to say because I just I think nostalgia by nature has to change because we can just have whatever we want now. But what do I know? Because I think nostalgia is just a strange, weird disease (laughs) that needs to be cured. (laughs) But maybe it has some function in human society. I don't understand. It's a good question. I was thinking about the Xbox 360 and how it definitely is a retro game console at this point. Oh, and also it's totally sweet. It is. Uh, I, I've been going through and playing 360 games, as everybody listening to this show is aware. There's some good solid ones on there. There's some real good ones, and it really feels like you can feel kind of the zeitgeist of the era. You can just feel them ebb and flow by playing these various games like, oh, 
Right. This kind of thing was really was starting to get really popular at this time. Or everybody, everybody liked water effects mm-hmm. or third person shooters were, were the thing to beat, etc. So it's a little hard for me to say what the PS4, etc. generation will be like, because I feel like the PS4 era has all been sort of a genericization. <laughs> That's not a word. But a yeah, every game has become an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, every yeah. AAA game has. Uh, there, uh, there's been a homogenization. They've all merged like the companies yeah, there's, have. There's been a, an, a, a, an at-large homogenization among AAA video games. And AAA video games have become such a, such a mainstream thing at this point. I'm going to tell you what I know 100% for certain. You say 10 years from now, Jaffe? Mm-hmm. Okay, 10 years from now, I'll give you 10 and 20 at the same time, okay? Okay. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will be widely, largely, and roundly regarded as the greatest video game of all time by millions of people. Ocarina style. Including people who didn't play it, haven't played it, won't play it. It will be archetypally regarded shorthand for best video game of all time. It is sure. it is a million percent on that trajectory. I know this because of various reasons, though also because God darn uh, Ocarina of Time went from where it was to best game of all time quite quickly, if you remember. And it yeah. uh, it was topping the game facts charts for a very long time. Breath of the Wild will be everyone's uh, maybe not maybe not mine or yours or cool people. No, no offense to people who like Breath of the Wild. I like Breath of the Wild. Whatever. I like it too. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's going to be the go-to example of best game of all time. It's going to be the lazy person's answer. The lazy person. It'll be the lazy answer. A hundred percent. I think I was going to say that this era might be known for all of the remakes because this this really has been the era for like remasters, remakes, re-envisionings of older games. But I don't think that's going to stop. <laughs> So, yeah, there's no way remakes are stopping. No, no, remakes in, are a thing in 10 forever. Years, there's going to be like, is there a difference between remakes and remasters? I don't think we'll ever know. Well, um, excellent. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this era in terms of we, we might talk about the micro consoles. Maybe like that could be a nostalgia point um, because m- maybe in 10, 20 years, we'll be too far away from the nostalgia to have that nostalgia. But that that. I guess that doesn't really feel like it doesn't have anything to do with those platforms. Um, yeah, it's nostalgia for the micro consoles, huh? But, you know, I could also talk about like the, the certain eras of indie games that happen, like oh, your journeys you talk and about flows that. and stuff. Uh, well, I think people are going to talk about the time they played Animal Crossing during the coronavirus. Uh, oh, yeah. At least Probably 10 that. years from now, if not longer. To borrow a recent popular Twitter format, what isn't a game but feels like a game <laughs> uh the xbox 360 blades menu <laughs> felt like a game uh just good menuing can feel like a good game right and i think nintendo understands that better than most for example if if your cursor icon as it moves through options like plays a melody that feels like a game because you're controlling the, the the tempo of that melody you know one of their famous examples is it's a physical game, not a video game, but the Super Nintendo has that eject button that just toaster pops your cartridge out. And 
you know, that's just for fun. Like there's no reason to eject your right. your cartridge. So I think that sort of Nintendo ethos often feels and, and I feel that they're coming more from a toy and game background than most other entertainment software makers. Yeah, I'm going to go with good menuing, especially if it makes uh, fun sounds uh, that change as you move around. Perfect. The alternate answer would be if you find a bug and 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 it's funny and you just keep doing it that's not a, a game with game rules you're you're that's uh it's called emergent gameplay buddy <laughs> oh crikey that's a huge question isn't but feels like the, the whole that's the the trending uh walking around in the woods or at the beach i would say feels like a there, there's a lot of uh, game possibility space in there it doesn't feel exactly like a game but it makes me think about games so is it a walking simulator if you're actually walking? No, oh, it's just walking no, at that point. Yeah. You answered your own question there. Gran Turismo, the real walking simulator. Right. Which is in a car. That's how I prefer to walk. On your wheels. What isn't a game but feels like a game? Assassin's Creed? I don't know. <laughs> is that an acceptable answer? Oh, my God. Frank said playing around on a good menu. But that's, that's a... Hmm. Well, it, what kind of, Like a not game menu? Uh, like uh, an options menu. It, you're not playing a game, a but it still game? feels gamey. That's false. Um, uh, if if Frank were here right now, I would uh, I would say if it's in the game, it's part of the game. Uh, you can't you can't arbitrarily stop game at menu. Well, that was EA's old slogan: was if it's in the game, it's the it's game. It's in the game. No, if it's in the. <laughs> in I kind of want to make that game. my new corporate slogan: if it's in the game, it's the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. These days, because of quarantine, I have started sectioning off my chores so that like on Saturday, I will spend an hour sweeping outside in the in the back. Sleeping outside? The, oh, sweeping. you said sweeping. Sweeping. Okay. I was like, you kept sleeping as a chore? Sweeping and indoors. Then I was, I, my lip reading was, was off. I'm sorry. It's a Seinfeld reference for everybody. Good old SF. So I do all the, uh, and you know, like changing the fish tank water, which I have to do. Doing all of those in an order and doing it a little faster this time or more efficiently or whatever, that feels kind of like a game. Not a very fun one, but a lot of Facebook games feel like that. You're, you're, I, I got to say, you're asking the wrong guy the it, what, it, what's not a game but feels like a game question because I like I time my breakfast every morning. Like I wake up and I have all these tasks where I, I wake up, I start the water boiling, I start the cast iron skillet heating up, I spray it with some cooking spray. I portion out my egg whites. I shake up my 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 vegetable drink. I heat up my beans, and I just I try to have my entire breakfast cooked and eaten, and all of my supplements taken in less than eight minutes every morning. That feels like a game. And you know what? Heck you if you tell me it's not. It's more of a game than the recent Call of Duty. You yeah. see ghosts of your past selves doing it faster, like in Mario Kart. I mean, yeah, because I wake up at the same time and I started at the same time and I'm like, oh, I'm a quarter. I'm a minute slow today or something. Games don't have to be fun. And uh, a lot true. of the time they're not. <laughs> that's the slogan of Brandon's company. Yeah, that's my company name. Games don't have to be <laughs> Games fun. Games don't have to be fun. <laughs> Games can be fun if they want to be. Yeah. Or if you want them to be, because there's definitely some things that I do not think are fun that people really have a good time with. Like those, what? Uh, like those, I want to be the guy, Masso Core platformers oh, yeah. and such. Oh yeah, those are pretty rough. Or uh, things filled with memes. Memes? Can't stand them. Those, those aren't games. No, they don't even feel like games. 
Nintendo is getting ready to open a theme park next spring. Assuming we're over COVID by then, how can Nintendo improve the experience of waiting in line? Mm, um, when you ask me that question, all I can think about is the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, possibly Disney World, haven't been, where the ride itself is a narrative experience that mm -hmm. gets you ready for the ride. It actually doesn't, it's weird, it doesn't work now that they have line passes, uh, so you don't actually get the narrative experience anymore for Indiana Jones the Ride, but in the old days when you would actually wait an hour in that line, they had interactive elements, they had things like, you know, there's a, there's a sign that says don't pull the rope, and you pull it and you hear someone screaming and falling. They have a film reel, like a 1940-style film reel, that's telling you the backstory for the ride you're about to ride, and it there's enough variety that you don't actually get bored with it. You see, I think, like an office for the archaeologists and like the tools that they're using to dig the site that you're about to go into. I don't know what the Mushroom Kingdom equivalent <laughs> of that is, <laughs> um, but line design at Disneyland is is uh, kind of amazing. Uh, Splash Mountain is another good one. God, those are both the 90s. I bet. I think the 90s was the height of imagineering for line design, and then we should look at that. Uh, Bowsette comes and, and screams at you. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. First, they make Bowsette real, and then she, sure. she comes and screams at you while you're Legalize Bowsette. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, and this is really far-fetched, they should get car show girls, like models, and mm -hmm. they should... They should shackle Nintendo 3DSs to them. Uh, You're talking about E3, and have them have them walk around in a in in the line and just let people play a demo of a steel diver. That was quite the E3 experience, where it was just like you you had to stand a foot and a half from a lady who didn't really want to have a 3DS tethered to her midsection. Yeah, and be like, and she had to be like. What do you think? The 3D is pretty good, huh? And you have to be like, uh, yeah. Uh, you don't even have to wear glasses for it. And it's like, okay. Okay. I'm sorry <laughs> that this I'm... is happening. Yeah, uh, that's weird. I did actually say, I'm sorry this is happening to you, to one of those ladies. Wow. I was like, but I do, I do have to play this for my job. And she's like, it's fine. I'm getting paid a lot more than I usually would. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's something. Yeah, so I mean, let's face it. Nintendo's basically been, uh, they've been entertaining people at theme parks uh, for a long time. Yeah, true. I think they could, they could set up a couple of, uh, I mean, basically they could set up some kiosks with some Mario Party. I think it would be, in all fairness, they should develop a game that is only playable in line. at the theme park. Not even a, this is not, I'm not leading this up to some facetious punchline. I think there should be like a game yeah, that, that people do come by with like a controller and you get to, or maybe you're given a controller when you enter the theme park. And it Bluetooth senses the nearest uh, the nearest game that you're at. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And you get to keep the controller. You get to keep the controller when you're they done. They have the, the museum software that they did for the DS, for the Louvre and everything like that. Mm -hmm. They could expand upon that. But I was, They I was could add a Nintendo Switch app that lets you play games. Yeah. You know this game where, where there's 100 people and they're all fighting a boss with basically laser pointers. Your laser pointer is your ship. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And you all have to like cluster in certain areas and uh, in order to defeat enemies, but some of you will will die. And so you all have to like group together or split apart to try to avoid things. And it's actually super fun and gets you this real collective feeling. Everyone wants to try to win. And uh, doing that in line would probably be pretty awesome as long as kids weren't shining the laser pointers in each other's eyes and whatever 
You could do it without laser pointers. I think that included in admission should be like a special, probably a low low cost Joy-Con, right? Yeah. Like when you get where you get like your own, you get like a special Joy-Con that is exclusive to this Nintendo theme park. Mm-hmm. And then you can use it to control just various games, whatever game you're like close to. And there would be like some weird, really, really simplistic. Like, you know, when you go to Indiecade and there, or at least I don't know if Indiecade is real anymore. Uh, when you go to Indiecade uh, 10 years ago or so, and they, they have the night games where there's the big screen with the. That's where I saw that game that I was talking about. Yeah. The laser pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember that in later years, it became uh, more common for instead of something like a laser pointer, it was. Uh, uh, you would use your smartphone and you would dial into like a particular short yeah. URL and then you oh, would control They have stuff. something like that at the Harry Potter parks. Like they do. I was going to mention it. You, like you buy $30 or $50. You buy a special wand and then it, it can interact with the exhibits and you can like raise and lower things and mm-hmm. do some, some nonsense. It's kind of cute. Nintendo could do better. I got better. enough enjoyment from just watching someone else do it. I didn't feel like I needed to do it, but if it were a game. I think yeah. a good simple game that's on big screens that's all over the place when you're in line and you can control it with this special Joy-Con that Nintendo gives you. It would have to be a cheap, low-cost Joy-Con so Nintendo can produce lots of them. They could also give you a little stamp card you complete all these games and you get an extra little prize at the end or something. Hmm. I think there's plenty they can do and oh, yeah. much that they will plenty and much. What is the least responsible video game journalism you've ever seen? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, I need some, I need some typing time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't immediately find it, but I'm going to, I'm just going to call them straight out. Uh, Gamesindustry.biz. Okay posted i i want to say like 2011 somewhere around there maybe 2012 uh one of their journalists did a tour of zynga and his report on said tour read exactly like a puff piece written by zynga for recruiting game developers oh god he just had nothing interesting to say he was just pointing out all of the uh the perks that you get as an employee, you know, the tunnels and the slides and the dogs and things like that. It read like a recruitment ad. And I'm, I can't get the quote exactly right without finding it. But uh, I believe he said Zynga's killer app for potential employees is its free lunch. <laughs> so that was a very irresponsible article uh, yeah. to uh, publish to people in the video game industry. Any journalism student will tell you there's no such thing as a free lunch. No, unless you work at Zynga. Dear God. I mean, <laughs> I mean Gamergate in its entirety is, is like, there's one. I mean, it's hard to, hard to top. Man, least responsible. There's so much. That's definitely one, though, because that ruined some people's lives and also ruined America, ultimately, because it was the proving, proving ground for Trump and Steve Bannon and his, his cronies. And so America I, sucks. Yeah, America sucks. I don't know if you can beat Gamergate as um, like this because th- there were many journalists that supported it and made whole websites about it. And uh, I, I don't think there's anything more irresponsible than that. I mean, there's there's plenty of like think pieces about why actually women have too many rights. Oh God, etc. That's bad, Jerry. There's so there's so much. Like I, can't, I just I'm overwhelmed. What did Frank say? Frank talked about a uh, puff piece that like games.biz did about Zynga, where it was basically just a recruitment tool. Oh, well, Develop Magazine. I don't know if they still exist. If they do, they're going to hate me after this. Develop Magazine used to run some of the same 
things that Game Developer Magazine ran, but they were advertorials. They were paid for by, you know, Epic, for example. It would be Mark Rain from Epic writing something about why Unreal is so great and why you should use it. And well, how I mean, they, it is. How the tools are so cool. And we would run it with advertisement on the top and bottom of it and a separate different layout from the rest of the magazine because it was an ad. And Develop would just run it like the rest of the magazine. It would just be run in there like, here's this thing that we got. So that was pretty irresponsible as far as I was concerned to run an advertisement as editorial. That's not. Oh, God. Yeah, I think uh, I think those uh, I, I recall an era where a lot of that seemed to be happening in europe they would just go hog wild with put whatever you want in there we need the money the uk i should say oh it'll make our magazine it'll make our publication look important if mark yeah. rain vp of epic mega games um i just want to say in in lieu of my answer for this um i want to say please people in my youtube comments please stop asking me if i saw such and such thing on kotaku uh the other day or whatever just i don't care just stop asking me my opinions on video game journalism. It, it's its nonstop. People are like, oh, you make videos about video. I t when I when I told a guy, uh, lol, uh, I actually really don't care about this sort of stuff. He he responded with, yeah, but you make videos about video games. It's like, have you seen my videos about video games, you weirdo? It's not the same god darn sport, much less in the same ballpark. Please stop asking me about video game journalism questions. It's really boring. I guess that also goes for you too, Jeff. Your parents I'm sorry. ever send you news stories <laughs> about video games they see in like the newspaper? My mom does that. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like something you already knew about like five four years months ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't they think just my have to humor them. Oh, thanks. I don't think my parents uh, are aware of anything in the video game world. They just know that my little brother and his son play Fortnite. Fortnite is the new Nintendo. I suppose That's it too is. Bad. They're playing in that, Fortnite. In its ubiquity, sure. Yeah, yeah. Tim, do you want to ask your question now before I do my number 10? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I've asked a variety of this question before, so I'm going to ask it again. I was writing a text on my iPhone on the bus, which is what I call the train, on the way back here. I haven't been outside much this year. Did writing that text feel like a game? That way you said that? Well, yeah, it feels like a game. Uh, is it a game, though? It feels like a game. However, it is not a game, writing to text. So, I mean, I, I got a new phone recently, right, as, as one does. I guess that is right. Because I needed a new phone. And uh, basically getting a new phone means getting a new phone case because they, they shell shock you. I don't know if that's the right word. They, I don't know. We're, gonna, we're going with it, though. They, they tell you, oh, you want to get a case? And you get a case, right? And I got one of the new Apple iPhone 12 Pro Maxes, which is a big old huge. It's, it's a giant phone. And I got the really nice iPhone leather case on it, right? You see where this is going. So I got this real nice leather case. And it is some of the best leather I've ever felt with my hands and it just makes me think that I mean I love my Xbox One Elite Series 2 controller and it feels real good however it is kind of a cheapy-ish rubber you know mm -hmm. and it, I mean I always think of it as luxurious and after writing this text on my iPhone on the bus this big heavy solid iPhone with this beautiful leather case and then coming home and playing a video game instantly with my Xbox One Elite Series 2 controller I'm just like ah man why can't we have leather video game controllers man your heck bent for leather. Is that the question? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Well, what what <laughs> other things from the out? Like I present this idea. I presented this to someone a while ago and was just kind of laughed off about it. Like, <laughs> why would they make a controller out of leather? It's like I don't know. They're leather bound books. There's a uh, Scuff made a uh, uh, an Xbox One Elite controller 
uh, with a that was Porsche branded and had like a Porsche logo on it, and they used the the same leather that Porsche uses on their steering wheels, right? And mm-hmm. it felt very nice to hold, right? So, uh, and every time I see someone talk about the Xbox One Elite controller, they talk about it apologetically. There was like a story on Kotaku.com the other day that somebody pointed me to. They're like, "Do you see? Do you see them talking about the Xbox One Elite controller?" Like he's saying it was pretty good and he's just uh, apologizing for it. Why do people like this person asks me this? They're asking me what I think of the new story on Kotaku.com. And here's I'm telling you, this isn't exactly the hot story, though. I saw this and it's just like, why do you got to talk about it as though it's uh, as though it's like a freak toy, right? It's two hundred dollars for this controller. 180 actually that's not really that much it's kind of a lot no the consoles cost 500 dollars now the 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 games are costing 70 dollars each i think you get one nice controller i've had this elite controller lasted me five years i don't know when we were testing video ball i blew out 32 playstation 4 controllers uh zero xbox one elite controllers the one controller survived the entire testing process. Why are we afraid of having really good controllers? Uh, I think we're afraid of spending that much money because we don't have it right now. But well, um, okay. Well, here's the question: Why doesn't Sony even offer one? Yeah. Why is just offering one? People, every time I mention my Xbox One Elite controller in a video or on a stream or on this podcast, the 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 responses and the messages I get about it are universally people think I'm joking about liking that controller. They think there's no way a guy would like that controller. They just they just assume that it's some sort of a a weird nonsense bit that I'm doing to uh, pretend I like this incredibly excellent controller. And it, it blows my mind. Why do you all out there not believe that there is such a thing as a nice thing? Why is that thinking so prevalent, not just among people who love video games, but people who listen to my talking and people who watch my videos? Why do they think it's a joke? So is that the question? Sort of a question, yeah. I'm just, there you go. Okay, well, we'll let Frank answer it. Yeah, yeah I used I, I used <laughs> this uh, question spot as my, uh, you know what, actually, I'm going to go ahead right. and say, I'm going to say one more thing here. I very recently, on my Twitter, I made a tweet that said, uh, I have this old router and this old modem that I can't use anymore because I moved and I switched internet service providers, right? Brandon Sheffield, you inquired about it as well. Uh, I ended up giving it to the first person who asked for it, right? However, uh, aside from your message and a couple other messages, the vast majority of responses I got prefaced their request with, not sure you were serious about giving away that router. I don't know if you're actually giving away that router I don't know if it's a joke or not about the router, but I could use a router. It's like, like, I feel like my God darn brain is on fire of all the things I could, would, or should joke about. Why would I joke about getting rid of a really nice router that I can't literally use? And stop making jokes. Well, no, I don't. You all out there in video game land need to god darn pick up the clues when I'm telling a joke. It's I I leave big old I'm talking like triple quarter pounder with cheese sized clues when I'm joking about something versus when I'm serious about something. And it's also when I said I needed an editor for my videos, vast majority, the vast majority of the applicants 
preface to their application with, not sure you were serious about looking for an editor. It blows my mind. Like, you failed the test already. I had to fail several otherwise qualified applicants. For not knowing if you were Because they prefaced their request with that. Yeah, because, like, why would I joke about that? Of all things, Lord. Anyway, that's that's my soapbox. I filibustered my own question. I do feel like you might have kind of wound up building this sort of a brand for yourself, uh, whether you wanted to or not. I mean, I guess you clearly must have because that's what keeps happening. No, no. It's uh, there is a there's a certain type of person out there who has uh, who just doesn't get it. And they got no place. It's definitely not your fault. No, it's everybody else. Well, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's definitely anybody's fault but that's okay. the end of the sentence there that was the end of the <laughs> no, sentence sure. i'm not saying it's somebody's fault i'm just saying uh i'm just saying you perhaps have no idea how obnoxiously weird it feels i think it would be charitable to say most of the people who listen to you get it and you're hearing from a very small amount of people who do not i think that's probably true as well unfortunately i'm hearing from those people at times when i'm specifically asking for a correspondence so Mm. i mean like that's the frustration here all right next question next question and after this i will reveal the solution to the theme sale what is the watchmen of video games god okay so watchmen of video games watchmen i think of as something that tried to make a statement that was uh interpreted exactly wrong by most people i think of alan moore um attempting to demonstrate how messed up it would be in the real world if people were superheroes. And not only that, he was trying to show the logical conclusion of superheroes in a dark way that was warning you. Um, He at least says that. I don't entirely believe him, to be honest. (laughs) But assuming those are the rules, God, man, what's a game that like is trying to be a parody but is taken seriously? I got nothing coming to mind for that. Or is trying to say something and you get the opposite. I mean, like, you know, the the things that come to mind right away are just first person shooters that are trying to have like an anti-war message. But I don't I don't think they ever work. Right. I don't know. How about how about that JFK assassination game we talked about an episode or two ago? JFK Reloaded. Yeah. Yeah. Where I think people just had fun shooting JFK with it. Yeah, sure. JFK dies in Watchmen. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. The Watchmen. Well, you know. People talk about the Watchmen still, right? They still talk about that comic book. Sure. I mean, it's clearly Bioshock, but uh, (laughs) like, I mean, it's it's like 100% obviously Bioshock. There were dudes in my college dorm talking about Watchmen back in 1999. The caliber of the conversation, the quality of the vocabulary, the structure of the sentences that form the monologues people go into about Watchmen. The little apologies they make for such and such antiquation, the, uh, the, the the adjectives applied to descriptions of the social commentary, none of it has changed at all in over 20 years. None of it. I perceive no change. I think a little bit with the TV show, maybe some of it changed slightly because the TV show made alt-right types and white nationalists mad and the original did not that's the one distinction i would make as it are we counting evolved. the tv show as as part of watchmen uh i mean i guess you sort of have to at this point now did you yeah. watch the tv show i didn't oh you should watch it you might like it then who watches the watchmen will be me 
Yeah, that was the right. joke I made on Twitter immediately before I began watching the first episode. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the joke everybody made. I on mean, Twitter. how could you not? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that, that it is Bioshock, and and I totally get what you're saying there, Tim, because it reminds me of when everybody in college, this shows when I went to college, was talking about Fight Club and The Matrix. Yeah. And it's really just like if you haven't thought about things before, and then you come across some media that thinks about things for you in a smart way that uh, introduces ideas to you, then it becomes this seminal experience that you just kind of can't get around and must apologize for forever. And uh, I think that Bioshock is definitely one of those kinds of things. There's good stuff in The Watchmen. I don't mean to to hate on it, but I'll hate on that movie, I would say. Yeah, I mean, well, the, movie's, uh, the movie is what it is. I think the comic book, you know, I'm just going to say I think the comic book sucks. I think it's obtuse. I think it's ugly. It's uh, not I fun think to read. It's not I fun feel. to read, but you know, do comics have to be fun? No, that's that's a question. <laughs> that's the slogan I, of my comic book publisher. That's I right. mean, I've I've read The Watchmen and I sort of like it. I just I don't think it's very good, and uh, it just got kind of circle jerked into a tizzy uh, uh, over a period of decades with people holding it up as like the one example of of comic books that are more than comic books. Yeah, that just so happens to be a deconstruction of superheroes with the DC Comics branded knockoff Batman and such. It's like I don't know. It's, it's hokey. It's hokey. I read Alan Moore's book. Did you read that book? No. That's a question. I know. I know neither of you have read. Have you read it? It's like four thousand pages long. No. It's it's gibberish. I I enjoyed it though. It's uh, it's absolute nonsense. Also, can I just say? And when I made the tweet saying I'm going to watch the show The Watchmen, so that who watches The Watchmen? Me. Nobody tweeted at me. Are you actually going to watch The Watchmen? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Right. Nobody uh, made that tweet. So in other words, it's I don't know if it's Bioshock, though. What did, you know what? what did Frank say? I think it's maybe Bioshock. it's Psychonauts. Psychonauts is another game. Everybody, uh, everybody who says it's great is really boring. No offense to them. I think Psychonauts is more of a game that people pretend to have played that have not actually played it. I think a lot of people haven't actually read The Watchmen. Though. Oh, yeah, that's true. I would say that Frank didn't really come to an answer, but he did have a lot more respect for Watchmen as a comic. I believe oh, well, that. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, good for him. Good for Before him. Before we my get friend. into the lightning round, I'm going to reveal uh, what the theme of the theme cell was. Oh, let me look at these letters again. Uh, Pokemon Red version, Zool, yes. Chess yes. Titans, Windows 7 8, Clue Indeed. 1992, Picture Puzzle by Hal Laboratory. Um, All five of these games have a dog have in them. <laughs> They have a speed running record of under one second. Okay. That's I mean, actually. See, that I was actually going to guess. You were very close with the tool assistants. Well, I, I was going to guess something like that. And then Tim said something about speed runnable, and you said, that's not it. Then I was like, well, I just discarded that whole line of thinking. Mm. So I blame you, Jaffe. Yeah, it's my fault. My next thing I was going to say was these all have quick end game tasks things because I know that um, Pokemon Red does. So. Heck, I would have gotten it. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right, we're going on to our lightning round. Okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> this should be fun. Uh, users of GameFAQs respond to daily polls about video games. I want to say real quick, I still use GameFAQs. I'm old. Sure. I use GameFAQs when I need to. Okay. I'm going to give you the most popular answer to a poll from this year, and you have to guess what the question was. Okay. All right. 52.03% said, I've never even watched someone playing it. <laughs> um, have you played Fortnite? 
Oh, God. Uh, what do you think? Well, the question is clearly, what do you think about such and such game? I think the question is, have you played Fortnite? Um, or, but it's a different game. It might not be Fortnite, but it might be Fortnite. Have you played uh, Pokemon? No, <laughs> Pokemon Red version. Have you played Zool? Zool, yeah. Chest uh, it's, <laughs> how many games of Among Us have you played? Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Nice. Okay. Next, 47.47% said, probably not. I've played it, but I don't think there's any way I could ever pull that off. Um, um, it's got to be like a high score kind of thing. I'm just going to throw one out because I don't know. Uh, like getting first place in uh, Fall Guys. Uh, have you ever won uh, a, a victory royale in Fortnite? I think it's probably like a like a demon souls or a soulsy thing. Have you defeated some um, whatever kind of dog monster they got in there? It's could you beat level one one of Super Mario Brothers with your eyes closed? Oh, oh, thirty seven point eight percent said less than a month. I've taken a couple weeks off. Um, have you ever taken a vacation to play a new game? Uh that's close. What's the longest vacation you've taken to play a new game? Uh, how often do you wait? When was the last time you played uh, Fortnite? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sh- actually, I don't think game facts and Fortnite are exactly the same. No, it's more like JRPGs and stuff. Uh, heck, I don't know. We'll have to go with the Fortnite one because I already forgot the quest. The, less the than a month? Have we? When? It's it, less it, than a month. I've taken a couple weeks off. Oh, I've oh. taken a couple weeks off, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do the Fortnite one. It's since you started, what's the longest you've ever gone without playing video game? Oh, nice. Oh. 42.23% said, not really. The challenge is still there if you look for it. Um, not, how many, what was the percent? 42.23. Not really. The challenge is still there if you look for it. Yeah, I, okay, it has to be a specific game, I think. I don't know. I'm blank. Oh man, is uh, it's gonna be something like is Pokemon too easy? Oh yeah, it could be a, is specific game too easy, or it could be are, are Dynasty Warriors games too easy? Do, do you think uh, playing easy playing games on easy mode is like is easy mode for babies forfeits your rights as a gamer or something? Yeah, mm, that's close. It's do you think modern games are too geared towards new and casual gamers? Oh. Wow, that is a trash can question, man. Yeah. yeah. That's a horrible question. I'm going to give myself a half point for that. All right. Yeah, I'll give you a half point for that, Brandon. Next question. 28.63% said Final Fantasy. <laughs> 28 point, uh, what is What is the best RPG franchise? What's your favorite uh, role-playing game series? What, what, what's your favorite game with Tifa in it? <laughs> it's of the classic franchises that got their start on the NES which is your all-time favorite? Oh. oh, I was still gonna. I was. I was gonna try to make another guess. I guess. I, I you guess got one guess, late. buddy. Oh, one guess. Yeah, it's a light. Whoa! Uh, do we get one guess for this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now we know. Twenty-four point twenty-four percent said Kratos from God of War. Best dad in video game. Uh, who's your favorite um, video game dad? Tim. Dad. Uh, who's the the toughest? I don't know. I'm trying to think of these these sorts of people who. Uh, are so entertained with the question like are modern games too easy so <laughs> i'm gonna say like who's the who's the baddest dude in video games something like that no uh brandon got it exactly who is your favorite video game father oh nice. uh, that's that's trash that's a dumb question <laughs> i guess i guess game facts uh i mean let's just call it what it is 
as a community, that place is a trash can. I mean, they have to come up with a new question every day. Every day. Yeah, it's Kindergarten diaper trash can. All right. It's the diaper trash can outside of the world's ugliest kindergarten. (laughs) 50.39% said, yes, but we never played together that often, just a few times. Did you play video games with your siblings? Oh, do you play video games with your family, parents? Uh, I was going to say, do you regularly play video games with your significant other? Uh, giving Tim that one. Have you ever played a video game with your parents? Oh, nice. Crikey. Tim's got one point. Oh, yeah, uh, dad, mom, dad. We got dad. two questions left. Frank is still in the lead. 30.93% said, yes, I keep a few on a shelf, but not that many. Um, do you have collector's edition video games? Funko Pops. Funko Pops. Do you have any Funko Pops? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, do you have any video game action figures? But I'm going to give you both the point for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Pops. Yeah. Once you pops. pop, you can't stop, apparently. Brandon is now in the lead with 2.5. Last Ooh. question. And the last one is 21.34% said Chrono Trigger. Oh. Um, what is the best RPG on the Super Nintendo? God, what is the best RPG of all time? What is your favorite Super Nintendo RPG? Brandon got it. It's Super Nintendo. Nice. Yeah, that ought uh, to do Congratulations, it. Brandon. You have won this week's lightning round, which means hey. you get homework. I love it. Does anyone have any plugs or recommendations this week before we sign off? So I just published something I'm very proud of. Uh, if you are a fan of either of the first two Monkey Island games, go to my charity's website, gamehistory.org forward slash Monkey Island. One word. I have been boring through the source code on and off really since uh, last April. And I did a very like cutting room floor wiki style breakdown of all of the content from the first game that uh, survived that didn't make it into the final product. And I think it gives a really interesting look into how the game was made. Go check that out. I am extremely proud of it. Yeah, I got some. Um, did I recommend the show Hyperdrive last week? <laughs> yeah, I, there's no way of knowing. I'm going to recommend that again. But also, in addition to Hyperdrive, I'm going to recommend uh, my friend Carrie Schroeder's podcast. For anybody that is interested in the art of bookmaking and also just weird old cultural ephemera check out her books in the wild podcast they're all all the the episodes are pretty short um they're like 15 20 minutes and she'll like talk about ghost towns or printing uh antiquated printing techniques or just other weird stuff i think it's a good it's a good and well-researched monologue oriented informational podcast but it's told in a nice story way and i enjoy it so Give it a look or a listen, whichever this. All right. Tim, you going to re- recommend Rondo? Oh, I mean, Rondo's good, but playing Rondo backwards is not fun. I've been playing Rondo of Blood backwards this entire stream or podcast, whatever it is. And I'm going to recommend to everybody. I almost beat the werewolf backwards. I got, I killed the werewolf at the end of the first stage and then was killed by the revenge hit at the end. I don't know if you guys were watching that. I blocked it so that I would not watch you play. Um, it's, so it no, must must have been horrible. It, it's it's a horrible thing to watch because uh, 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 I'm the one playing it. And let me tell you, I wouldn't want to watch this. So uh, I actually have been having a really good time with this uh, PC Engine Mini. So if you can get one of those, I would recommend. People keep asking me if I'm going to do a gift guide video for Kotaku this year. I don't work there anymore. I quit literally a year ago. So number one, uh, 
So and people keep asking, we're going to do a gift guide video. Here's what it would just be. Just buy, buy a PC Engine Mini for somebody uh, if they play video games. Not a TurboGrafx-16 Mini. You have to get them the Japanese one, which has uh, many beautiful games on it. It has Tengai Makyo 2. Most people won't ever own Tengai Makyo 2. Tengai so, Makyo. I own yeah, two versions of that. I'd most of them most people own, won't ever own any video game. Most people, uh, most people are, uh, yeah, they're kind of messed up then, I suppose, because uh, video games can be pretty good for you. Yeah. I think this, this, uh, this PC Engine Mini is pretty good. It's roughly the size of an of a PC engine, which is a, a bonus. It's it's not actually smaller than a PC engine. Not particularly. And I've got the eight bit dough uh PC engine wireless PC engine controller, which works with it when you plug it in to the uh, you plug in the receiver. I keep thinking about whether I should get one of those Bluetooth Sega Genesis controller things because the eight bit dome one. Yeah, and it's the extremely I'm, good. It's extremely the good. I'm thinking about it is like my TV. And my couch, you know, I got this gigantic uh, oak entertainment center. You've seen it, Tim. It used to be in my living room. Yeah. And that thing is, it, it weighs like 150 pounds, 100, 200 pounds by itself. And uh, I got it down here and I can't move it real easily. Yeah. Especially now that it is filled also with a 120 pound television. That's a heavy television. It's a, it's a big boy. So I'm sitting here with my. What's that television eating? Is my Genesis question. controller. <laughs> and it's. I'm I'm like three inches away from being comfortable. I can't oh, I can't lean back. Three and inches is a lot, my friend. It is, and I've been I've been looking for extension cords and stuff, and they're just they either don't work with six button controllers or don't work with the Sega CDX or some other stupid problem. So I'm starting to think maybe I just need to actually try this Bluetooth world. It doesn't feel right, but I'm going to tell you what I got. I got one of those Mega SGs. And I got the 8-bit dough uh, Bluetooth yeah. controller. Uh, and I got, so I got the analog. Uh, and I got myself a, 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 a Ever Mega EverDrive Pro. Yeah. Let me tell you, that is high living, my friend. I don't necessarily recommend that to everybody. That's a good five $600 expenditure. I need it, though, because uh, I'm doing stuff with Sega Genesis games at the moment. But I can't reveal what, uh, though. Man, I, cool. I do like that 8-bit dough Genesis controller a lot. I actually have three of them because I like them so much. Well, I'll give it a try. And they're pretty cheap, and I've recommended it to many people. I cannot recommend this PC Engine Mini enough, by the way. That was not a joke recommendation. This thing's great. For less than $100, you can have a really, 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 don't know how M2 did it, uh, probably just because they're M2. You can have a really, really excellent Rondo of Blood that you can plug into your TV, and it looks extremely good. And it's Rondo of Blood, and it plays... A hundred million percent perfectly. I would definitely want it if I didn't already have all that stuff. Yeah, but what if I told you you could have all that stuff and a, a wireless controller that costs twenty four ninety nine for this eight bit dough wireless controller? You could have all of that in one tiny package that you don't have to ever get up or unplug it or or Sounds jack okay, around with. But I've already set it up so it's perfect over here. No, you don't need it. You don't need it. No CD drive laser to go bad. It's all solid state. Yeah, buddy. It's good. It's future proof, sort of. No loading times. Uh, here are my recommendations. My recommendations are the same as always. I recommend you go on over to iTunes or Stitcher or any platform where you can rate and review podcasts and leave a good review for us. You can subscribe to the podcast, and both of those things are a great way to increase the visibility of the show. You tell friends about it whenever the opportunity arises. You can go to patreon.com slash insert credit, as I mentioned earlier, where you can subscribe at any level, submit your own questions, 
exclusive access to a monthly bonus episode and other exclusive content and even get episodes one day early. Um, right now, we're collecting responses for our annual Game of the Year and Best Game of All Time episodes. Oh, yeah. So you can find links Ooh. to our survey at forums.insertcredit.com or on Twitter. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Cifaldi. That's T-I-F-A-L-D-I. Tim is at 108. And Brandon is at Necrosofty. The show's editor is Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zavaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I left a nice empty space for Frank's name to be inserted. (laughs) And I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. Your game has now been saved. Oh, no. (laughs) Very good. Oh, no. On the Patreon, there was one guy who was like, your British accents were so offensive that I spilled my tea all over myself. 10 out of 10. That's good.